Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to Police Pod Talk. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. We've got the crew back together again. Say hey there, Abby. Hello, everybody. And there's Jeremy. Hello. All right. Hey, we're, we're blessed today to have a, a guest with us. So there's going to be four of us on the show, but we've got a guest with us today that I've been trying to get on the show after I saw him on the news. We've got Captain Mitch McKinney from the uh, Fort Wayne Police Department joining us today. He's going to talk about a few things. He's going to talk about his life, and hopefully we don't get into any old stories or anything. <laughs> we go way back. Mitch, uh, Captain McKinney, I'm, I'm going to call you Mitch because I know you as Mitch. Uh, you can go ahead and say hey to the people. That's all right. How's everybody doing? All right. Good, good, good. Uh, today, Captain or Mitch McKinney is going to talk to us about a program that I guess he's involved with or started, but he is the director of uh, Community Relations Division for the Fort Wayne Police Department. He is also, he is, uh, serves as a state executive officer for the Indiana Federal Order, for Fraternal Order of Police, sorry about that, as a trustee <laughs> for the Northeast Indiana. Hey, give me a break, okay? <laughs> I'm he just happy he's here. Okay? <laughs> but what he's gonna do today, we, we um, let, let's ask you a couple of questions before we get too deep into the thing that you're doing for a lot of churches in the area and churches that may call you. Let's let's ask you a couple of questions first. Sure. Uh, tell us how long have you been on the Fort Wayne Police Department? Twenty years. Twenty years. And yes. uh, you're looking to stay a little bit longer, are you? I am. I'm a couple more years. Okay. Give us. I mean, you know, you started as a patrolman, but then what did you go after that? What happened? So I worked as an undercover officer for a few years, and then I went back to the narcotics division as an interdiction officer. I worked as a uniform officer there. And then I've been at the academy for a while, but I got promoted early in my career as a sergeant. Um, and then I you know, went back to patrol and did the academy thing again and got promoted to captain. What were you doing at the academy? Just what, standing around? What, what was so, your responsibility? Someone's got supervising. <laughs> you know, no, I worked as a staff instructor there for a while. You know, okay. I'm a CPR AED instructor, a defensive tactics instructor, okay. and an emergency vehicle operations instructor as there well. You go. Okay. So then you went and became a sergeant. Correct. And how long were you a sergeant? So I started in 2007, okay. in 2007 until 2017. And then, then what happened? Became captain and El director Capitan. of community relations. That's right, El Capitan. <laughs> <laughs> so out of all your years, I mean, you're patrolman, sergeant, and captain, which one did you like the best? You know, I enjoyed sergeant the best because it kept you right down the front line. So okay. you had first-line information from the folks you work with, good. and you could take care of problems before they ever got any farther than your rank. There you go. Well, good for you. Good. Okay. Well, very good. Now, again, I happened to see you on the news the other day, <laughs> and this actually came up. I mean, this has been a serious topic, but uh, it started for me, I guess, back in, uh, I think it was uh, South Carolina. They had a church shooting where uh, nine people were killed. Uh, worshipers were in a Bible study. That all started. We're not going to give the uh, the bad guy any credit to say his name or anything. Sure. And it started there, but then it just happened again here recently in Texas, where there was a church shooting, uh, where an individual went in and shot up, and he ended up getting what happened to him. Sure. I end up seeing you on the news talking to some uh, leaders in the church. Kind of explain what that was all about. 
So we were contacted by the Department of Justice early on. And because of the breakdown of ethnicity that we have here in Fort Wayne, we put together protecting places of worship. And so the Department of Justice came here to town and we worked with them. And the first time we did it, we had about 200, 250 people in the auditorium Mm -hmm. that came here and they came from all over the country actually to come in here. And then once, this was right after South Carolina. Okay. And then once it happened in Texas, we're like, we need to bring that back on our own and really address it with our folks here in town. So with Deputy Chief Jim Fiesel, And then with myself, we came together and we're like, hey, we need to start really getting people aware of what their surroundings are and to really start thinking about protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. So how, okay, I'm a church guy, all right? I sit in church. I have no clue who, if there's any security in the church. I know what I'm going to do, but not everybody in that church has the same mindset. How do you take a normal I'm going to say a non-police person in sure. a church, in a place of worship where they should be relaxed and get them to start thinking about harm coming to them. Well, that's what your ushers are for. And you have volunteers that step up like that. And so like in my church, our ushers probably worship twice. They come in when they're going to be with their families, knowing they have an usher team taking care of watching everything around them. And then they have a time when they come in and they work as ushers while other folks worship in the church. And I always tell everybody, it's situational awareness. If it doesn't look right to you, it's not right. It's no different than anywhere else you go. And you have people that really want to make sure that everybody stays safe in that church. So when I have the ushers, which I have several meetings coming up with some, and so does uh, Jim Fiesel, where we sit and we talk to them and like, hey, it's as simple as making sure your facility is secure. And that's where we run into a lot of fault. A lot of folks want to just leave every door open of the church, let everybody come from every door. And it's just simple. There's one way in, one way out. And if you eliminate all of the Swiss cheese, if you will, of the doors and give them one funnel to walk in and out of, you can protect your place of worship so easy. Well, the the church is supposed to be open and welcoming. It's supposed to be able to walk up to a side door. I mean, you look at the old churches, Mm -hmm. there's a city of churches here, and they all have those old big doors. You mean to tell me now you're going to tell people to go up there and pull on the door and they can't get in? That's what the usher's for. Mm -hmm. Push the door open. Be there waiting for them. Know when folks come there, because we have the same. Most of your folks that come to your churches, you know, are elderly, and they come through. The main door that you leave open is the one that's most accessible to them and you greet them. We have greeters, we have ushers, we even have teens that we're teaching how to be ushers and greeters right now. And they know, they have the pulse, they know what's happening outside, and if it's not right, they're gonna tell you right away. Okay, again, I, I hate to interrupt you, but yeah. you, you ask an usher who all they wanted to do was be an usher so they didn't have to sit mm-hmm. in church and sit in the back oh. and talk, okay? <laughs> okay, I know some of them. Now you asking them to all of a sudden start putting on a whole different set of eyes. They I sure do. And then now, now you're gonna throw them in the harm's way maybe. I sure do. Those yeah. are volunteers, you said, right? They are People volunteers. have to volunteer to be That's an usher. Exact, so. It's exactly right. And so what I say to them, the time that you signed up to be an usher, and some of them it's before I was born. Mm-hmm. What is what I'm talking is about. Is the world the same now as when it was then? And the answer is no. And so if you're not willing to adjust how you see the world around you, regardless of your faith, then are you really keeping others out of harm way, harm's way? Or are you inviting them to a place of harm? No, you're inviting them to a place of worship. So with that mindset, 
like I said, my, my worship team, if I'm ushering, I've already been to worship. It's my turn to watch and have my eyes outside to see who's coming in. We had an incident at our, at our church where someone walked into the church and they were armed. I wasn't there at the time. But they went into action. They didn't do anything to, to make the person feel uncomfortable, but they kept eyes on. They explained it to me. I said, what's the one thing missing from what you folks did? I said, no one walked up and greeted the man. No one walked up to shake his hand and say, welcome to our church. You greet everybody else, but now this man looks different to you. <laughs> so now what are you going to do by surrounding him? And they go, well, we didn't know. I said, but you know what? You put the man in a, in a situation where you got all these innocent people in the background. I said, all you had to do, if you would have shook his hand and asked him who he was and who he was there, because it was a big event at our church, he would have explained, I'm with the McKinney family or whatever family he was with. Mm -hmm. And you would have confirmed or denied your suspicion. You know, I, I always tell folks, you never want to change why you're there and why you're there as a church. And it is welcoming. We have someone at every single door until the bell rings and they're closed and we secure them and the, the ushers watch them and people know you're late for church, you got to come in this one door. Okay, go ahead, Abby. So what, okay, I'm going to say I'm a church goer, sure. but my church is very small. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, we have two doors because there's two places you can park, one in sure. the front, one in the back. But we don't, yeah, we have greeters and ushers, but it's a couple, they volunteer for the day, but we only have one church service a week. You know what I mean? So to me, is there a difference between a smaller church that's, to me, barely surviving versus a big, large church um, that has hundreds or, you know, hundreds of people that go? Because to me, there's, there is a difference because you have more people, volunteers that are willing to do that, probably more people that are willing to carry, you know, where it's a smaller church. What would you tell a smaller church that doesn't have everything available like you're talking? You know, a smaller church, you have to think the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's coming in a smaller church, especially a smaller congregation, you're going to know pretty much who's yes. coming and going. Yeah. So when it's time for worship time, is it time to leave the doors open and not pay attention to who's coming in and out of your church? Mm -hmm. Or is it time to concentrate on worship? You know, my answer is it's time to concentrate on worship. And if you're trying to, like you were saying, you say it's a church that's not doing so well. If you're trying to grow your church, mm -hmm. you know, well, that to me is a different time frame from when you worship. If it's Saturday or Sunday, that's when you have your Bible study time. You're bringing folks in, you're welcoming mm -hmm. in, and then you're building your congregation for there. The time frame is this. You have two doors that are there. And you have people watching the doors. Once the service starts, what's the file of locking the door? I do think they do lock the the back door when right. service starts. I do believe at my church they do. Sure. But, um, you know, I mean, I just know there's not as many people that are, you know, I don't want to say willing or able to kind of do what a bigger church might be able to do. Sure. And I, I think if you, and if you have that in your communication within your congregation, you will find more people who are willing to help with that protecting than you think. Because it's the same thing that came to me with my worship team. I said, I've never seen anything put out on that. You always come to us who are who are police officers and first responders and EMTs expecting it out of us. And you wonder why I sit in the same spot every week because I know that's where I'm gonna be the most effective regardless of who's ushering, right? And then if you look around, if you were to take everybody out of the church except for those of us who are in first responder roles, you would see us sitting in the same spot because we know what we're gonna do. In the smaller church, 
it's easy to recognize the same people. Oh, well, trust me. At the smaller church, everybody has their place. Yeah. And if someone sits in there, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what's, what's something wrong? <laughs> it's like old school, right. old school squad room with Tom Turflinger, right? Oh, Rest yeah. his soul. <laughs> Sorry, I, I no, didn't no, have that yeah, question yeah, to yeah. ask. No, it's a great no, question. Good. It's good. a good question. Uh, the, the one thing that kind of gets me, it took you years to develop that awareness. It took you years to be able to spot something before it happens. How do you get these ushers? Again, who I said, who are happy to be an usher, okay, (laughs) to now change their mindset and do what you do in such a short period of time. You know, for ours, it's been great because we have several meetings. It's not an overnight thing, several meetings with them. And we have it in the facility. And we give them these what if situations. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want you guys to what if everything, but let's just talk about a medical emergency. Let's take active shooter stuff out of the picture, a medical emergency. I said, do you know where everybody sits in church who has a medical emergency that might need some help right now? And they all froze. I said, those are the people that you've grown up in church with and you don't even know where they are to help them, but you all know how to leave from here and go to the Cracker Barrel afterwards, okay? (laughs) I said, that's my point exactly. So if we're not caring for them when they walk in the door for things that they're bringing in the door as innocent people, why wouldn't we have the mindset to protect those innocent people from those who might come in and do harm? And it's as simple as, I don't know that guy, He's pulling out something that looks like a gun from his car. We need to secure our church. And that's watching your parking lot. That's mm-hmm. walking out and seeing what's there. And you could see all of them go from this tense, you know, sitting up in the meetings ready to attack me when I'm talking to, yep, he's right. We don't. We just need to hmm. be more aware. Right. I mean, I told you, I said, I'm not teaching you all how to do jujitsu. I'm not right. teaching you guys how to fire a weapon. I'm teaching you to use your eyes so that if it's not right and I get that tap on the shoulder and I have a couple of times, we need you back here, mm-hmm. you know, and then we move and I just look up and when I get up, other people start moving too and swimming upstream. And you know that from the profession, right. we got to go to where the need is. And, you know, every service, every time, no. But everybody, every time, has to take care of the perimeter of that of that church. Now, to me, it's kind of sad that we are at this point. Yes, very much. Uh, back in the day, and you, you also vice narcotics, Sundays were my relaxing time. Right. I knew if I went to church, the people there were not going to harm me. Right. Plus, right. nobody's going to try to sell me any door. Right. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> right. 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 And uh, now we're to the point where you can't even go and relax at church. Right. Right. And for me, when I go in... Um, you know, my wife knows, my kids know, you know, if I get up from the seat and move somewhere else, there's probably something that I've seen mm-hmm. or someone has directed me to, right. you know, and they know that plan as you, I'm sure your mm-hmm. family did too, you know, and it is for me, I got to tell you that I'm always aware, but I, I've never had a problem to worship. I've never had a problem to concentrate with worship. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have my head on a constant swivel, but I'm situationally aware. You know, like medical emergencies, I pick up right away because you know the crowd just changes. Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah, no yeah. one wants to touch her, but oh, look, she's kind of falling over right there. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, she's on the ground. I'll take care of it, you know. And, and it is because people are like, well, I don't want to touch them, you know, and that, but you know, she'd be all right. But you know, I'm like, you just go <laughs> and take care of people. And that's just where we are in the profession that we have. And it's just it's so easy for people to avoid it. And we, they don't want everyone harm to come. Mm-hmm. And but I'm like, we don't plan to fail. We what? Yeah. Fail, fail to plan. plan. Yeah, fail to plan. So, are you teaching anything with these people? Let's say someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, I want to help, and I carry a gun. I got a permit. 
Are you allowing people to carry guns in your church, or what's, no. what's going on? Okay. So they wait, have, wait. Well, you said no, but how are you stopping somebody from carrying a gun in your church? When they come in, were you patting them down? They come in, <laughs> Metal detectors they, now. They come in, and then you take their so, wallet. Here's, so you know the pallets, they pallets, they, the old pallets they used to use in the Catholic Church to carry, to hold the host. They're actually a wand. They scan you, you know, back and forth. <laughs> so there are there are a few that I know carry. You know, and we don't, let's put it this way, we don't make them tell us that they're carrying. So, and I... Wouldn't I, you want to know that, though? I want to know that, okay. but I can't force that issue. That's on the board and the elders there. So we have security meetings over that as well. Said, you either have to post it. Someone said, well, I don't want any guns in here at all. I said, you have to post that. If you don't want anybody carrying it, you have to post it. You know, because how else are you going to tell? If someone's coming in with it, mm. I would never ter- turn somebody and say, because they're carrying, I'm going to train you a certain way. Because you know that our training and their training is never going to match up. So I offer where they can go and get training, especially if they're going to carry, you know, there. Mm. And the biggest thing I tell folks, especially security team, if you know folks are carrying and you folks carry, you just need to know one thing. You, do you train with a background? like we did with different yeah, targets, right, right? right? Or are you just going out and shooting a little green man on paper mm-hmm. and you think you're good to go? Whole lot different when people start running, when mm-hmm. people are doing things, you know, you're in a crowd, there's gonna be chaos, right. and that's the whole thing. I can't train you to chaos. We train to the point of getting our blood up and getting our heart rate up. Right. I said, I can't put you folks through that. I said, so the decision is yours as a Second Amendment arms-bearing citizen, you know, but the decision at the time of is yours as well. So you don't have an armed security officer in your church? Nope. You're just going off of the volunteers and ushers and making them aware of what's going on? Correct. Would you go for that? I would go for that. If someone approached you and said, hey, I'd like to. Sure would. Sure would. I'd go for that. And you know what? I think that our, our congregation would too, would go with that because they know that that's what the people are for. Me, I just love knowing the people that I know that are. And when I'm there, again, I know how I'm going to act, not just mm-hmm. react how I'm going to act. Mm-hmm. So, Abby, you don't have armed people in your church, an officer? No, there's no officers. Um, I do know that uh, there are at least a couple people that carry. I don't know who they are. I, again, I'm, I know, well, I do, I take that back. I know one person that does. Um, I think some others, I know the topic is definitely being brought up mm-hmm. in our church. Um, we are not in this community in Fort Wayne, but uh, I know, you know, there was a program that was put out to the churches in the community that I that I go to. So um, I know some from people from our church did attend that. So, hmm. Okay. So, Mitch, I'm just a churchgoer, all right? And I need to know from you, how do I get you to come in our church, get your group to come and talk to our church people, our ushers? How, what will we do? So they can call my office. Uh, uh, what's the number? You can throw well, it out I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to do that. Can you, can you, help, can you help me out, Abby? 260? Yeah. 427? Yeah. 1319. Okay, and they just set that up with you. Correct. How long does this class or this presentation last? The presentation itself, if we come through and do the same presentation, it'll take about three hours. Okay. So, yeah, because we go through a lot of information that's going to help people not what if it. It gives them information to actually talk to each other without us around because that's what really needs to happen mm. you know you you go to a class you take the information you're not running out like it's gospel you know you got to take it you really have to take it back with just your people around and really 
decipher the information. Mm-hmm. What, like you were just saying, what works for our small congregation mm-hmm. and what works for my larger congregation may not be the same. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know? go to the churches and well, sit down with them, or well, do they come doing, to you? Well, what we're doing now, we, the last two, they came to us, the Public Safety Academy. What we're okay. working with now with the deputy chiefs and with uh, Sergeant Sofia Rosales-Catina is to have four different places, one in each quadrant, okay. and invite folks to the quadrant. Because we've okay. had the Buddhist temple get a hold of us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm working with Rick Robles to say, hey, well, you need to figure out what sect of Buddhism that is mm-hmm. and gather everybody for one one you know presentation yeah. there because there's so many different languages to go through with that mm-hmm. and then working in each quadrant of the city and inviting multiple congregations together because realistically what Fort Wayne's missing is a network of our churches mm-hmm. like you said Cleveland we're a city of churches and so separated mm-hmm. you know my church this this church said no we need a system because God forbid something does happen at this location that should be an instant contact to churches that this is going on mm-hmm. right here, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. that's the networking that we need to happen. Is this, I mean, I know it sounds like for right now, this is just churches. Has anybody else, businesses, anybody else reached out to you kind of for a similar thing? Have not. Have is not. that something you would be open to working oh, sure. with? Oh, sure we would. I mean, you do hear a lot about a work um, workforce violence. Mm-hmm. Someone's unhappy and comes in exactly. to look, what to look for. I think, and I think the big key is your, know your surroundings and something look weird out of place right um right you have to you confirm can... and deny your suspicions it's every everything that we do and you know we you take it from like holiday shopping time when people want to walk out with all their kids in tow bags all over the place and then here comes the guy that automatically good samaritan wants to help you with your bags and help you to your car you know come on now you know that ain't happening mm-hmm. you know i mean i, well, I tried stop doing I, got, it, I got yeah i got cleveland <laughs> i finally got cleveland to stop doing that you, know? you get a lot of reports yeah. on him <laughs> <laughs> but you know most time with businesses people will call and instead of wanting some kind of a class to happen they'll just hire us at security sure you know they're like right. hey i got a disgruntled employee i need somebody to come here for this time frame and they come through here oh. and that's what usually happens for us mm-hmm. you know because they know i mean their facilities are, are more or less secure but sure. they just know that they might have someone who left out of here with some keys mm-hmm. you know so now they want to make sure it's a police presence there and again like you were just saying abby it's situational awareness you know if things aren't right you know, you've got to make it right. And if you can't, you got to call us for mm-hmm. us to come in and make it right. That's why people call 911. It's not right. So I'm going to call somebody else to come take care of it. It's the same for our churches, schools, businesses as well. Hmm. Now, did you get a chance to look at the uh, Texas uh, video since it was being streamed I did. live? I did. Have you guys sat down and talked about that, break it down to? We have, we have. Some of us have, you know, like I'm sure the shooting team right. has gone through that different way, and I'm sure the academy staff now has done that, you know, in a different way. But, uh, yeah, interesting video. Right, and we've watched it, and uh, we not to, you know, point a finger, blame, fault or anything, what did you get from that? You know, the one thing was the position of where the parishioner who responded mm-hmm. was, you know, but the one thing I got out of it is how the one pastor just walked up to him like it was nothing. You know, kept walking up to him, and I'm, I'm. It makes me cringe when I even think about it. And they turn and just shot him at point blank range. Right. You know, they knew from the time he was walking way back there. You got a Monday morning quarterback, and now you know. But they knew before they came into picture mm-hmm. that something wasn't right with that individual. Right. And instead of greeting him where he was at, how you doing this morning? What's mm-hmm. going on? You know, at that point in time, would he have swung the, the shotgun up? Maybe, maybe not. Would it have been visible? I'd say probably so. You know, and then there would have been a different 
action reaction time then so by greeting them because you've used that a couple times and i actually totally agree with you you're almost greeting them almost make them feel like hey we see you we know we recognize you like you're not even so much you're out of place but like hey make them feel like almost uncomfortable right. like they know who i am they're watching me kind of thing mm -hmm. like they know i'm the new person here and I, would, I mean, obviously, you want to make them feel welcome. You're in church, and right. you want any new person to feel welcome, but... And if they're not there to do anything wrong, they'll probably appreciate you greeting them and being friendly towards them. If they're just there visiting, like you said, with a family at an event, they'll appreciate you coming up and being nice to them and talking with oh, them. Oh, exactly. And the businesses that do not get robbed are the ones that greet their people. What happens when you go into Subway? Oh yeah, they, they say welcome to Subway, Subway. Yeah. right? Because they want to know two things: one, that you've been seen; I see mm -hmm. you, you know. And usually, when someone's greeting you, it makes your head lift up. Mm -hmm. And what's right here? Okay. Surveillance yeah. cameras, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're not giving away trade secrets. You look that mm -hmm. way. It's what happens when they come in. Why do you think Walmart has greeters? You know, they have greeters because they look there and well because Cleveland needs a part-time job. That's right. But, you know, they <laughs> come Retirement through. job. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I would shop at Walmart every day if I knew Cleveland was there to greet me. I would, too. See? Wow. I would walk in every day. <laughs> but they do. But people, but they do. When you greet somebody, they've been recognized, and they know that someone has seen, seen them. Me. And if you have seen something, which is why we train our younger kids to come in, the teenagers, to be part of that team, because they're going to be more aware of what someone's wearing. No mm -hmm. one's more aware than a teenage gal of what someone else has got That's on. That's true. Right? Mm -hmm. And they're going, no, no, it's that guy wearing this, 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 and this. And then you have to follow that up until you can confirm or deny your suspicions on who they are. Because I'll go greet somebody in the pew. If someone didn't talk to them, hey, scoot over me. I want to see her next to you. I haven't seen you at church before. How you doing? And I can feel it by the handshake if something's wrong with them. Handshaky, you know. Wearing a, and, the, you know, that back to the first guy we had, came walking in wearing the signature long duster coat. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you could even hear the doo -doo -doo -doo, you know, when he came in, right? I'm like, how? They said, right when you walked in, we knew something was wrong. I said, yet you did nothing about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. and like you said before, or do we train these folks? They felt like they were ill equipped to do anything. I said, yet you all surrounded him in the church. You know, and what if something happened? What was your plan? What were you going to do? Mm -hmm. You know, and each one had an individual plan of how they would have done, da -da -da, cape out, mask on, <laughs> taking care of it. I said, well, I'll give, I'll give you credit for that because you communicated that, but had you communicated it when he stepped in the door, right. I would tell you it would have been a whole different scenario for you guys the whole time through. Hmm. So try in a nutshell. There's a listener. He's at a church. He's ahead of the ushers. What would you tell him? Can you just cram it together here real quick? You know, I tell folks this, you know, again, if there's people in your church that you have not met, you have to meet them okay. and greet them. If there's something that happens in your church, any kind of a disaster that happens in your church, you have to be able to move and get yourselves out. Get people out of the facility. Mm -hmm. That's the best thing for people to do. There are going to be folks that are going to, like we always say, you're going to swim upstream. If folks are going mm -hmm. downstream, you got to get them out and get them out of your exits and get mm -hmm. them out of there. You know, we, we tally our people later. We want to get them out. If we know they're moving and they're moving out, we know we're good to go. And then you definitely have to have people that have eyes on what's happening, but everybody's got to move. Mm -hmm. You just got to move them out there. Maybe you can answer this. Maybe you can't. Why do you think this is happening in churches? I always thought the church was a safe place, a place that nobody would ever do anything like. Well, why is this happening? You know, for me, when I look at what's happening, you know, at these churches, it is just that's where people are at their weakness. You know, when we go in, you're you're concentrating 
on not anything outside. You're really, you know, you come to that, for, like we said before, that place of solace. You want to get your mind right. You want to have your focus, you know, on your higher power. And so once you're there and you have that focus, what a better time to come in. And what a better time to go in and what's going to shock the conscience more, you know, than putting and attacking where people are, are, are at their worship. So but for, but you've seen, too, that they're not there to take any money. They're not there to nope. rob anybody. Nope. For me, it's just it's just a power. You know, they come in and they know they can have power over a situation and they leave that situation, you know, knowing that they took somebody out first. I was going to say, do you think it's more there? Obviously, they're going in to kill. You know, I mean, that's their thought process. Like Cleveland said, it's not robbery. It's not. Do you think they're targeting actual Christians? Do you think they're just like, hey, there's I just ready to kill somebody. And this is kind of sitting ducks, possibly, you know, just all as many people in a congregation in this building. How many can I can I kill? Unfortunately, do you think it's something like that? Or it's somebody, maybe someone there didn't welcome them or they didn't feel welcome. And they were like, I'm going to take it out on that facility. I'm going to take it out on those people. You know, and most of it, when I sit there and I read and I read over people, you know, after they do their after action review, you know, most times some of these folks, like if they die at the scene or they commit suicide mm-hmm. themselves, so you can't really interview them, but you know that they they left a bunch of folks wondering and they left a bunch of folks hurting. Mm-hmm. And that to some people empowers them. Right. You know, they, yeah. were, they were able to cause damage, mm-hmm. you know, before, you know, again, if, if they caused damage to themselves and unfortunately took their own lives. And it's, it's, it's an amazing concept sometimes. Hmm. You know. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And again, I, I, I'm just saddened by the fact that we have to even deal with this. I am too. Uh, that we have gotten to this point. I mean, it's in the schools. We know it's there. Right. Now it's in the churches that we have to even worry about anything like this. I mean, me, myself, I always carry when I go to church. Right. And I've always thought, I mean, you got money and you have alcohol there. <laughs> so somebody's going to want it. Right. You know, and that was just always my thought. So. Right. Mitch, um, hey, I just want to ask one, one quick no. question. Um, I was at a, uh, an event one time, and I happened to look up, and there was a drummer drumming in the, in the back of this band. And a guy looked just like you. Are you like a drummer in a band or something? Or did I mis- mistake that? I am. I, uh, you know, I knew we, it. Have, we have since, uh, we're actually doing a reunion tour right now. So uh, What's the name of the band? Moderate Pain. Moderate Pain. Moderate Pain. Yeah, did you play been... down at the festival or anything? No, 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 no. Actually, you know, no, we did. We did play down there for one of the blues fests we played down there. And uh, we were the house band out at Coconuts, <laughs> which is the which is the bar at Crazy Pins. So we played out there. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, know, so what kind of music you know, do you do you play? Uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, everything, you know, rock, a little yeah, bit of yeah, everything. Huh? Of stuff, you you know? Are you are you yeah. for hire? Yeah. Oh, we're always for hire. All right. We'll throw yeah. it out. You can yeah. throw it out. I'm giving yeah. you a chance right now. Nope. nope. What's it you don't called want to again? Talk about moderate pain. Moderate pain. <laughs> yeah. You can go. You can go on to moderatepain.com. Oh, look, website and everything. Look us up on Facebook. <laughs> you know, it's there. Little yeah. bit of everything. Everybody's split to different parts of states, and we do do requests. All right. But you know what? That jar usually stays pretty full. I'm like. Anybody know that? Yeah, yeah. Know that, you know, right? <laughs> well, Mitch, we really appreciate you being here today and talking about this uh, a very sensitive subject. I mean, people are very uncomfortable, and I don't think a lot of people want to sign up for that responsibility, and I think the ones that are there need your help, yep. and they want your help to make them feel a little bit better about what they have to deal with one day, possibly. Yes. It's sad we're there, but, hey, like you said, it's the world we live in now. 
Mitch, thank you very much, and I hope you for the best. Because you're planning on retiring here real soon, are you? I am in a couple of years. I'll okay. be I'll be done. You'll be done, but I'll you'll be still done. be doing something, right? I will be. <laughs> That's Community all can't get rid of me. <laughs> thanks <laughs> and, for having me. No, and, uh, Abby, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Jeremy, we appreciate you. Thank you. Part of the crew. And again, Mitch, thanks a lot. Folks, again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and you want to shoot them out to us on the email, you can go to the Police Pod Talk at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook under Cleveland Junior or under Police Pod Talk. Folks, thanks again for being with us. We'll catch you again next week.